You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 229 of PHP Ugly, where our slogan is, no reasonable person would think we know what we're talking about, so you cannot sue us. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is Thomas Rideout. Not political. And John Congdon. I, now... Every time I listen to the opening of the show, I feel like I've missed something in the news, and today is no different. Did something happen with being sued? <laughs> now I uh, want to yes. know. It's the you know the funny thing is it's not even like you miss something in the news. It's like a big piece of the news. Clearly, you don't watch the news. <laughs> I've got kids. I don't watch the news as much as I possibly can. Honestly, you're better off for it. Don't don't. This is true. Know what the reference is because the reference is. Just about how awful people are, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll we'll bring you up to speed after the show, John. Okay. Like we always do. <laughs> You're supposed to bring me up to speed before the show, so I don't look so dumb. But that never happens. We we tried we tried really hard to make you not look dumb, but it just we just gave up. It got too hard. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a week! I what? hear the two of you have had a stressful week. Uh, so, so I, I've had you... a stressful week, but I, it's stress I put on myself, so we'll get to that, I guess. Oh, I was going to let you go first, because I thought maybe you, you could be like a, a beacon of shining light on our week, but no. Nope. <laughs> I've made bad decisions this week, John. <laughs> uh, Tom, you, Tom, before we... Before we started, you mentioned a stressful week. Do you want to tell us about your week? Oh, you're first. You're already zoomed in on the camera here. Oh, I am? That's not good. You don't want to zoom in on this. No, it's just like any other week. Stressful. Uh, I've been sharing with you guys some issues over the past, like, probably five or six weeks now. And this week was no different. Today was another complete outage of a site. And, (sighs) you know. Another three, four hours in a in a Zoom call trying to figure out why, what's what's happening, what's the explanation. And what sucks is there's never like a silver bullet, like this is it. Mm-hmm. Every time you find something, it's is that the symptom or is it the cause? What what came first? And we always walk away with with action items, like here's things we can improve on. But I was trying to actually 15 minutes ago, I'm trying to tell my wife how software works. There's there's always a bottleneck somewhere. And the problem is we we keep thinking we are solving a bottleneck mm-hmm. and then finding one a little further downstream. So you, you fix A and then a week later, something else happens, you fix B and then you fix C. It's like, where does it end? How, do, how can you get to stability and knock the stress out? It's so bad. Th- that is the secret. That is the secret. Yeah. But I mean... We, we've got some great people working on it, and it's just, it's not fun. And on top of that, last week while we were recording, one of the environments was upgraded to MySQL 5.7 from 5.6. Keep in mind, there's there's four environments. 5.7, wait, five, said 5.7 from, to 5.6. No, from 5.6 to 5.7. Gotcha. There are... Four environments all running the same code, just kind of segregated based on domains, right? Mm-hmm. Weeks ago, the smallest of the environments was upgraded, no issues. The week after that, the second environment, again, still small, not a lot of custom code on it, went upgraded, no real issues. Last week while we were recording, they upgraded to 5.7 and just shit hits the fan. It was so bad. <laughs> to the point where hours on the on the phone on Friday trying to figure out, how do we fix 5.7 to be 5.6 without downgrading to 5.6? <laughs> it's not fun. What about you, Thomas? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, some interviews and uh, I got shot down pretty, pretty hard. Oh, no, really? My, yeah, it, it seemed like it was a, it was a really good opportunity. Things were like clicking real nicely and it was just like, hey, you didn't make it to round two. Sorry. And I'm Maybe like, they found out about the show. 
Well, they they, they knew about the show. I but uh, so so here's where you bring them bad publicity. You talk about them. No, I'm just kidding. Don't absolutely do that. not. So uh, did they did they give you any reason as to why? Like what what you lacked? I'm still or? digging for that. Uh, I'm I'm looking to see if I can get that from somebody, but I haven't gotten it yet. And uh, our our standard response when that happens is like, we like the other person better. Well, there were still like many other candidates, I I guess, and I just didn't make it even to like the next step of the process. Um, and I did a I did a coding test, and man, I just I just hate coding tests. I just hate because I'm not fast. Like when it comes to doing front end stuff, I I can do it, bootstrap stuff, but like I can't bang it out the way people can on screencasts, where it's just like like a four keystroke to create a form and bootstrap and everything flows correctly and auto inputs and everything's happy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just it's a skill that I'm I'm completely missing. Um you Me know, too. the back end stuff, I can throw that together just fine, but that front end auto templating garbage that people do that that front end developers or full stack developers do and it's like i'm not full stack i just don't do front end stuff like you're full stack enough to where you understand it you can make it happen but you don't do it on a day-to-day basis where you're gonna have all of those key bindings set up all those templates yeah so that was that was rough and then uh a lot of testing which i just don't enjoy just don't like testing at all (laughs) so how many you, you said interviews. Have you been doing multiple? Uh, I have. Uh, it's it's all these like get to know you things that that recruiters want to do. Uh, where yeah. I have my minimum <clears throat> annual salary listed on my resume, and they call me and after fifteen twenty minutes ask me what my minimum salary is, and I'm like, I sent you the resume. It's listed like first thing, like. Don't bother me if you're just going to offer me forty thousand less than my expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I and 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 they don't care about wasting my time. So they look at my resume and they're like, "Yeah, twenty years of experience with PHP. That's really great. This project starts at seventy five thousand dollars." And I'm like, "Then why are you calling me? If I have twenty years of experience with PHP, you should at least know that seventy five is going to be off the table." And it's frustrating. Yeah, for for that's one thing I hate about recruiters. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. They want to, and they don't care necessarily about you. They want to impress the people that are paying them, which is the clients. And if they can put fifteen people in front of the the people hiring, then it looks like the recruiters doing their job. Yeah. Right. Sorry to the recruiters that are watching us that disagree with me, but that's my take. Well, I've had some good recruiters, <laughs> and I've just had some just absolutely terrible ones. And God, today, was, yeah, I feel so bad. There was, I'm not going to name them, but. There, there was a recruiter in the PHP community probably five, 10 years ago, went to all the conferences. Like everyone I know in the PHP community loves this guy. And man, he's just falling on hard times. Feels so bad for the guy. Uh, falling on hard times by his own accord or just by yeah. circumstance? Yeah. I mean, we, yes. On his on his mm. own, things happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's always tough. It's always tough to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. So, Eric, what about you? Let's move on. Let's let's bring it around to some happy times. Well, I don't you, know. If you I'm said you're happy. You, you said you were going to be the beacon of sunshine in this conversation. No, I believe you said that. <laughs> well, you're zoomed in on it now, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, typical week uh uh for well, not not I guess not typical. I I made some decisions this week that that may impact uh things for me um but in general normal work week uh nothing too outstanding um blah blah yada, so the yada, stuff so the goes. stuff you're alluding to is it for the show not for the show i don't know do you think it's for the show <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about so i don't know you know what i'm talking about come on i, I oh out yes oh that oh that's yeah. definitely for the show that's not bad news i'm thinking like I thought you were making decisions that were like, I don't know, impacting your personal, like you're moving or something complete. No, you've got to share this. (laughs) I'm excited about this. Now I'm super curious. I am super excited. I'm actually, I'm actually feeling better about it now, but uh, I I had uh, officially responded to PHP internals mailing lists and, 
offered my services to be a release manager for uh, 8.1. Is that so, why there's so much commentary going on about that right now? Do they do they figure out who you are? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they made it clear that if you wanted to be considered, you had to step up and say something on the list. Uh, so I noticed uh, I, I did that. Uh, I actually followed like three other people. Um, and I had been debating it for a couple of days. Uh, I, I'd already said something to John and I he was tried roping it. me into it. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was the day before yesterday. Now I, the, the weeks fly by so quickly, but I, I officially responded to PHP internals and said, you know, I'd like to be considered for release manager for eight one. And so if you go to uh, the wiki page, uh, I'll put this in Trello. Or it's actually in Trello. I'll, I'll move it over so it posts to Discord. But uh, if you go to the wiki page now, I'm actually one of the names in being considered for release manager for PHP 8.1. Okay. That is awesome. I will, so, I will fix fortunately, that. Uh, fortunately, a few more people step up. And I want to encourage more people to step up, really. We, we, need, to, we need to deepen this pool a little bit more because uh, I, I immediately regret it. No, I didn't regret it. I'm just terrified. Like I said, I, I, one of the responses I added to, to PHP internals is the idea of screwing up a release of PHP is almost paralyzing. But I'm trying to step outside that that fear a little bit. And and I, I talk a big game, and I've wanted to contribute to internals for years. And I just said, yeah, I'll give it a shot and and see. I mean, I'm in a pretty good position now, where I'm yeah, I'm, I'm running a company, um, you know, so I don't have to worry about a boss telling me or or, or being being an issue. Um, my kids are growing, so I don't have the the young child commitment. I've been doing it for a while. I'm a fanboy of not only the language, but the developers who are creating the language, which is probably one of the things that, that may be more of a drawback. I'm wondering if I'm too big of a fanboy of, of the developers. Um, but yeah, I figured this was an opportunity where I could contribute to PHP, PHP core, and I, I did. And you name dropped the podcast in your post. I totally, that was totally John's suggestion. Oh, come John, on, you guys. I, 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 I wasn't going to do it. And then in hindsight, I'm like, well, okay, maybe this will work in my favor. And they won't pick me. I don't know. Oh, what have you done? <laughs> You have you have brought attention to us from those that we idolize the most. That's true. You know yeah, they say don't theory. meet your heroes. This is like don't tell your heroes you exist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. The platform offers a choice of IaaS partners, AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environments where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right within their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com slash en slash php dash hosting dot php today. Sign up using the promo code phpugly and get a $25 credit. <laughs> Thank you, Cloudways. Thank you to Cloudways. We are so- Thank you, Cloudways. We are so glad to have have them as a sponsor, and like we like we've said before, we wouldn't take a sponsor that we didn't agree with is a good platform or a good product. We love what Cloudways provides, and it's a, it's a very cool service. So check it out. So so you you threw your your hat into the ring. Is mm-hmm. there a voting? Is there a voting process? How does this work? Yes. How do I make sure this doesn't happen? 
No, I'm excited about this. You know, I I think what actually ends up happening is the, uh, the, I don't know if the, the previous release managers are just whoever in the, on the core team who want to participate. I think it's just kind of a internal discussion that they have. Uh, One of the, people who who had put their hat in the ring as well asked if there was like an interview process and the reply was like no we'll just figure we'll pick somebody <laughs> so actually you have until april 12th to to volunteer mm-hmm. and then if you have more volunteers and available positions a vote will be held using single transferable vote I'm assuming that's an internals way of voting. Yeah. 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 And there's, and there's, there's multiple positions. One of them is required to be um, a previous release manager. So there has to be a veteran release manager on the team. Right. So, so they have, they have a rookie and a release manager. Uh, they have a rookie and a veteran release manager. The idea is that the veterans there to kind of help guide the rookie, but not, you know, to really do the work, the grunt work is for the rookie. They're actually playing around, or no, it was suggested that potentially having uh, a couple of rookie release managers uh, may be beneficial, and I don't know if they're considering that. Um, The other thing that was suggested that was really the reason why I wanted to put my hat in the ring, or no, one of the reasons why I want to put my hat in the ring was the idea of recording the process, and I I had previously thought... If I did this, I would want to live stream everything. And the my thinking, and I think this other person's thinking is that would lower a lot of the unknowns for other people who might be interested in participating in this process and give them some reference material to go look at and see what the previous release managers had to work through and what the workflows actually look like and what the process looks like. Because that's kind of the biggest thing they the uh, PHP core team is really good. They have the whole workflow very well documented. They have everything kind of out there for you to read. And I've read through it, and nothing nothing catches me off guard or, or nothing that I don't think I can handle. But there's always that unknown. It's like, okay, is it really this easy? Is it really this smooth? You know, how many hours a week <laughs> do I have to? Should I think set aside for doing this? And I think by having some documentation, or I mean not just documentation, but having those the recordings of that that any other person can kind of go back and look through might be helpful. So that would be my thing. Is I would I would like to stream the whole process and just whatever happens happens, and I'll just you know make sure everybody can see it. But man, I still get jittery on deployments of my own stuff. I don't know how you could possibly handle releasing a major version. That's that's terrifying. Well, that was the whole thing. Is like, as I'm reading through, is it, it's the build process, right? It's like you're building you're building PHP for Linux, for Windows, for Mac. I'm, everything you're building all all the releases of php it's like the pressure there of making sure you don't screw something up is but you're also just, not by yourself you've, yeah. you've got a group of people like helping it's not, not like, us to be clear we are not helpful in this process <laughs> <laughs> well that's why they there's there's constantly like the release candidates you're, you're putting things out having people test and try and help find things mm-hmm. and yeah, the I, fact that we that we've gotten on such a great release cadence where it's not like there there's expectations now it's not just floating out there eventually we're going to get around to doing this mm-hmm. it's so yeah, much and more if you well look, defined if you look at the documentation for uh, or the proposed documentation for 8.1 I mean they, they literally already have all the dates kind of laid out of what they're targeting so yeah I'm excited I, I, I told I explained it to my wife because I mean this would be like a big deal to me and I, I know like for for my wife you know or anybody outside of coding won't won't get it but you know this is like you know, one of the top things you can do in our industry for for our language short of actually coding in core and um, <laughs> I explained it all. And she was very receptive, and I appreciated it. And she asked some good questions. And then she was just like, "You do understand that, you know, you 
you you are running a company. You 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 do have your normal work and all that. I'm like, yeah. She goes, you understand that you know, you 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 can't overcommit. You you've got to make sure you have a good life work balance. I'm like, yeah. And she just looks at me and shakes her head. She goes, God, I, good thing I love you. <laughs> good fucking luck. <laughs> so. So I, I took I took that as a uh, as as she was supporting me on this decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I couldn't do it. Not with the young kids. So I'm I'm happy you did, and I'll support you all the way. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And like I said, if, if nothing else, I told John, if nothing else, I can always say, "Hey, I offered. I offered. I, I tried. I tried." My name. My name's on the wiki. <laughs> my name. <laughs> My name's forever on the wiki. That's right. <laughs> oh, and when you click on your name, it links to your actual post. Oh, I, I added that <laughs> you, to uh, I added that could... to Discord or to uh, to Trello. So that's that's actually one of the links. That'll be that'll be a link in the show notes. Oh, the the link to your actual email that you sent in. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I cannot believe you mentioned PHP ugly. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not ashamed, man. I'm proud of what we've done. We've been doing no, this no, for no. over four years now. I'm, I'm not ashamed, but when people ask who I work for, I usually start with a media corporation. I don't gotcha. tell them That's exactly fair. who I work for. <laughs> uh, there was there was some other voting going on uh, that's finally closed. Fiber, some big ones. Yeah, fiber. Um, and boy, it's caused a flurry. It's I, in, I didn't in what way. Well, I mean, with the whole thing was swole, which we talked about last week. But mm-hmm. then the the blog posts coming out of the woodwork on what is fibers? How are you going to use this? Uh, they all start off with you're not gonna because it's not done. Uh, it's just this underlying layer of a thing that the system now supports, but it needs 10 other things to work correctly. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's the, it's this continuation because I didn't see the communication within internals that I saw until voting started and half the people had already voted. And then people started saying, well, okay, should we delay the voting or should we talk to swole and have them implement something different or like it, it got real loud, real fast. And then the voting's over. So it's it's been interesting watching it happen. Uh, there's nothing, you know, officially supporting fibers yet uh, or implementing it in any kind of creative way. Uh, but everyone is talking about it. So there's, you know, at least four blog posts in my browser tabs right now that say, like, here's how you can understand it. And every time I try, I get a headache and go to sleep. <laughs> well, I, I think at least the internals team from from my understanding is I think everybody is kind of on the same page of this is an initial step. You know, this is, this is the, we're lay, laying the foundation to build other aspects of, of this real time sort of workflow. Now <clears throat> there's something that kind of goes along with this that I don't know if you guys noticed, but the uh, PHP fig group has released an RFC for a new standard. Uh, uh, wow, I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah, well, they kind of broke up. A lot of people left and said, we're done doing what we need to do. And then someone was like, hey, there's a new version of PHP out with new stuff. We should probably address that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but the day that Fibers passed, uh, PHP Fig published their RFC for accessing the clock. Oh, draft 20. This is PSR draft 20. And the response on Reddit was, of course, like, hey, who cares how you access the clock? But I think that they were missing one of the uh, more important things here is that accessing the clock can be an important way of timing threads. So with a PSR about how to access a clock, you start getting into scheduling of processes. Oh, I think you're reaching. You think I think you're reaching. All right. You, you, you think that you think that that's what it is? I it's just it's an interesting coincidence to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I think I, I, you you very well may be right, but I, I think you're reading more into it than than it actually is. 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't see this, so I'm actually just now looking at it, but it does look like it's really more concerned about how you, how you access like time. Well, right now it's not, but why there's not much work on it. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, what's the point of this standard? Just to have a standard, I guess. Well, I I think, I mean, like I said, it doesn't make much sense as a standard if you ignore that fibers came out or is coming out. But if you think of this as setting up a a platform for how to deal with because remember fig in the past had things like autoloaders and namespacing and like stuff that eventually just really did become standard in the php community it became the way we do it and i think they might be trying to establish the same thing with a multi-threaded application that needs to keep track of what's happening and when so it looks like they're they're more focused on whether or not what gets returned is immutable or not and i think would absolutely have to do with threading but also with just time in general because people so people that don't understand immutability well so so often just say give me a new date time not realizing mm-hmm. the side effects that that has right where now right. if you're forcing it to be immutable because you're using the, the clock interface you yeah, get around that it sounds like that's that's what they're targeting here just to make it again you know fig is make it to define to, to a standard that that is you know um that people can can all code towards and i think that's kind of but doesn't that immutability sound a lot like a lot of the arguments people were making in the in the fibers conversations is is the what if people do it wrong or what if they don't understand this thing that keeps the whole thing together yeah i i, I think it's a reach I th- yeah i think it i, I that's you're, what you're, i do you're correct. i'm a professional I, I mean, reacher no it's fine this is why we meet man this is why it's, we have this conversation what are you trying to talk you off the, the ledge I reach around the concept and work out the solution. I saw you trying to crow the, crowbar that in there, and I'm like trying to move us past that. And you kept crowbarring it in there. You're like, I got... You heard it here, folks. Thomas is all about the reach around. Absolutely. Did you watch? Uh, good did you watch? Did you watch Justice League yet? Is that no. Why you said that. I don't have four hours to do that. No, I watched. Well, then, a, I watched a two-hour breakdown you, of it. Oh, you understand. The, the what you said then right the reach around yes i know what a reach around is no i know you know do you understand how it applies in context to the justice league no oh okay well that's why i thought it was funny when you said it because i thought you were telling me you'd watch the justice league no no <sighs> it's like pulling teeth sometimes with you thomas oh thanks now i'm gonna have a teeth dream <laughs> it'll be a tooth dream maybe yeah no, it's always all the teeth fall out. <laughs> what? Whenever somebody mentions videos. teeth at some point during my day, I'm, I'm guaranteed to have the nightmare where all my teeth fall out. <laughs> Moving on. The show's <laughs> falling off the rails quickly. I've never had that dream. That's a weird all one. All right. So um, we, we talk a lot about the tools we use to, to, to code with. <clears throat> you know, uh, we can go on and on about them. But we make a lot of comparisons around VS Code and PHP Storm. And VS Code will always have, in in my opinion, a leg up on PHP Storm just from the fact that it's open source, it's free, everybody everybody can use it. But we have been very vocal with JetBrains of not falling too far behind VS Code. VS Code had this code sharing uh, code pairing feature, uh, you know, for a long time, and we we kept mentioning how hey, this is something that that's needed by like you know PHP Storm, and recently PHP Storm finally came out with their version, or, or JetBrains finally came out with their version, which is still in beta, I think, called uh, Code with Me. Is that it? Code with mm. me? Yep. Yes. yep, that's it. Um, so that that was great. Another very interesting aspect of VS Code that we've talked about in the past, and I believe I actually just talked about this in Discord recently uh, around leveraging the Raspberry Pi as a potential quote-unquote laptop. 
um, was the fact that VS Code has an implementation that you can run in your browser. So you, there's a code base you can run on a server that allows you to run a VS Code instance in your browser and it cl- includes all the plugins and stuff. And I'm like, that that will set them apart. Uh, it's been a weird rollout. Like, it's available. You can do it. It's, there's actually a Docker container out there that's just a Docker command to, to, to pull one up. But it's not really touted as big of a deal as I I thought it would be, but I thought, okay, this is something that's going to separate it away from PHP Storm because PHP Storm clearly won't ever do this. And somebody introduced me to it. I think in that same thread that we were talking about uh, the Raspberry Pi and potentially using VS Code in a browser, somebody pointed me to um, a project that JetBrains is releasing. Again, I think this is early days called Projector which is an open source project. Uh, but Projector allows you to run PHP Storm in the browser. And I I deployed it. I think this was actually a Docker deployment as well. Um, I deployed it and... I mean, it works as advertised. Uh, it's it's not great, but you know, PHP um, yeah, PHP Storm is you know is a little clunky by itself. I mean, it's a it's a Eclipse Java Java uh, application. So, um, I mean, there, there's there's some ways to go with it, but it was cool to see that they're actually kind of heading down this direction, and they they recognize that there's going to be. I don't know if they recognize that there's there's going to be a need for this. Or they recognize that if they don't have something out there that they can point to, they're going to lose people to VS Code. And, and uh, I was just going to say, I am Brian D is sharing in Discord right now about GitHub Code Spaces. Right. So, so I was I was going to actually reference that, and, and, and I am Brian D has a you know perfect uh, I, I, not argument, but so who owns GitHub? Microsoft, who yeah. who's behind VS Code? Microsoft. What did Microsoft do? Well, they just integrated VS Code into GitHub, and that's part of uh, what that whole code um, uh, code spaces is. It's just it is that 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 VS Code in a browser experience that I was talking about. But it's not just for VS Code. You can sign up for early access, and they're asking what what IDE to use, what language and what IDE are you using? You don't think, you don't think they're doing that just for like a survey to say, Hey, it's uh, possible. Very possible. What I don't like Uh, is it says, uh, use the tools you love and it shows Safari, Firefox, Chrome, edge, and VS code. And like only one of those is a tool. Somebody would love (laughs) the, all the browsers. No one loves their browser. This is a nice little site. I, I haven't seen this site before. It's very cute, but mm. I still I mean, don't focused, understand Edge. They're focused so much on on JavaScript. I, I'm with you, John. It's just it's Chrome. It's another Chrome. I don't get it. Edge you isn't, is you it? Don't get it. It's, it's the, the next. Yeah. The next. The next version is. I thought. I thought no, Edge it's was this not. One that, that because we just did it. a. We just we talked about the. That article in PHP Storm recently about not PHP Storm, PHP Magazine Architect, PHP Architect, PHP Architects Magazine about the encryption library, and it's not available on Edge yet. You're for right. pe- for for peppering your passwords. You're right. Uh, yeah. By the way, you should go listen that. to the PHP Architect podcast if you want to learn more about uh, that. Hey, hey, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> well, it's. Uh, the the whole thing is the landing page. It's the the homepage that you open up when you open your browser. That's where the money is. That's the whole the whole fight with the App Store and Epic Games and Google is the ability to install from the source of your choice. Yeah, interesting times though. I I remember when I first started with PHP, I mean, the tools that out there were were horrible. Um, oh my gosh, Eclipse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, net beans, oh, net beans, <laughs> and then there was uh there was what was the net, net beans, net beans, net which beans, was basically yeah. another version of Eclipse, Hot Dog yeah. Pro, yeah, Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver was the first one that felt like things finally started moving in the right direction, where you could have your code at the bottom, and you could have a you could have a a display at the top of what you're doing, and oh, what was the one? Um... Uh, there was one that everyone used where it would also publish your code for you. I don't 
don't think it was Dreamweaver. I think it was another Microsoft product. Front page was my first. Front page. That's Front it. page. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had I to remember. install Apache extensions because my, uh, my step. Yeah, my stepdad was was working with that and wanting to publish. And oh my gosh, I remember yeah. telling people I was a web developer, and they would tell me, "Oh, I love Perl." <laughs> oh, I do love Perl. That, but that was I was yeah. If you I were was a, a Perl maniac, if you were a Perl web developer, you were a legit web developer. Front page, you were just you just knew how to drag and drop things in Word and, and hit publish. <laughs> I still feel like a, I still feel uh, I'm such a I'm such a fraud. I God. loved Perl. Oh God, I remember I remember uh, when I was a Perl developer, showing other developers on the team that you could fetch by association instead of fetch row because there's so much code. It was row sub zero row sub one. I'm like, <laughs> you, what if you change the table? It doesn't work. Imagine showing somebody eloquent now. <laughs> oh, right. Just go back to the nineties and be like, yeah, no, you just say like, this is the user I'm currently referencing and I want all of this user's posts and comments. Well, and that's what, profile. that's what blew me away with, uh, with rails. That's one of the things that drew me to rails was the active record and and they had that very that eloquent sort of model with that and it was like holy smokes this is the way you're supposed to talk to databases here yeah but it depends on how you're using active record because i've worked in code bases that just abuse the hell out of active record and to the point where you're stuck you're you can't Mm -hmm. do anything properly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i i definitely think i become too dependent on it because I know they're, they're like doctrine. There's there's other patterns out there that I I wish I had a better better handle on. Um, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. That, that's, that's I think valid. It's, it's more about how you're using it. If you're not putting your behavior onto your eloquent models, and you're mm-hmm. only using it as a database access layer, like getting and setting, mm-hmm. it's better but so many people put logic into the model not just validation but actual logic and just it it just makes it harder to maintain mm-hmm. i looked at uh i looked at cake php this week just doing some research stuff and uh do you know cake php doesn't have views it's just yeah they do does, they, don't have a, they don't have a template engine. views yeah they do they no. used to it's just you pull it up right now. The docs just say, "Yeah, it's PHP in an HTML file." Yeah, no. Well, I don't know about that for Cake, but I hear that a lot. Like PHP is a templating language. Is there really a need for all these other template templating languages? Yes. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> PHP itself is a templating language. When we were talking last week. Thomas, you seem to you seem like you were expressing some interest in um, Livewire. Did you get a chance to play with that at all? No, I wanted to, but no. <laughs> all right, no. I, well, my, hang on. All right, let me try this again. Let me try this again. I want to hear about Livewire. I want to hear about your inner, your reaction to it. But did you know that this portion of PHP Ugly is brought to you by HoneyBadger.io? What? What? Yeah. We have. Do you two have two sponsors? We do. Do you have to keep your production online, production site online, even when you're rather be coding? Honey Badger Not offers you ad- yeah. Honey Badger offers you advanced monitoring tools to keep your code in tip-top shape. Honey Badger easily hooks into popular frameworks, job systems, authentication libraries, and front-end JavaScript. Most inst- installations are just a few lines of code. Honey Badger is used by tens of thousands of pragmatic developers and companies of all sizes who want to focus on shipping great error-free products instead of wasting time building and maintaining a bespoke monitoring stack. It only takes a few minutes to set up HoneyBadger's total monitoring suite so that you can check monitoring off your to-do list. Visit HoneyBadger.io to start your free 15-day trial today. John, did you know HoneyBadger provides all the content you need to understand what is causing each exception, who's affected by it, and what makes it easy to follow up with users once the fix has been deployed? I did know that. Because Honey Badger is where it's at. In in my environment, we're using Bugsnag. And after going over all of the Honey Badger docs that, that I've been looking at and watching what it does, dude, I am so upset. The Honey Badger stuff is so cool because it tracks the user through the navigation process all the way to the error. So you can see at what point they entered the site how they traversed the site and then where the error came up. And then you can like communicate directly to that user through their interface. It's 
so cool. Yeah. So we 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 goofed around there a little bit because that was our first live read. But I do want to be honest. Honey Badger stepped up, people. Uh, we we actually stumbled upon the fact that they wanted to be a sponsor <laughs> because we looked at if there were any new Patreons we needed to add to the list, and there was Honey Badger. And I'm like, I haven't even heard like I haven't heard from these guys. I I, I don't know why they selected to sponsor us so i reached out to them real quick i'm like hey uh thanks for sponsoring our podcast uh do you have you know a, a, a copy you want us to read or what do you want us to say about your service and their reply was hey no great podcast man we're happy to sponsor you i don't know just say whatever just ad lib something right, we're man. cool honey badger don't give a fuck they don't give a <laughs> fuck so uh yeah, they they've been you know very very cool very cool of them. I just uh, I, I I am a fan. I, they um, if I recall correctly, and this might not be true currently or it might not be true anymore, but they should definitely I believe, say it then. I, absolutely, I believe friend <laughs> of the show T.J. Miller uh, wrote the uh, driver for Honey Badger in Laravel. And you know, what? I actually just installed that on a Laravel project. I should go see to see. Who did the commits of that? Because that would give us that answer. But yep. yeah, honey, you can't honey you can't hide once you commit and get. That's right. Um, so yeah, welcome Honey Badger, and their link will be in the show notes as well as Cloudways. We do appreciate the two of you. I had to do something this week that I didn't realize I would ever have to do. I had to limit the the uh, the the Patriot the Patreon levels and Patreon. So that not too many people signed up for it. I'm like, wait a minute, like we can't have wait, any you don't, more sponsors. You don't think you don't think people want to sit here and listen to us spout for an hour about different companies, about different sponsors? Well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I never thought people would want to listen to this in the first place. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not sure anybody's listening except for uh, I and Brian. So we we, and we, we appreciate Ka- Kalen was Kalen was listening too. I'll give him Kay- credit. Kalen's obligated to. He's employed. Our, Nobody is obligated to listen. Our OG, our OG sponsors are our Patreons. And I'd like to thank all our Patreons as always. Uh, I do th- do believe that I will be stepping up uh delivery of our um rewards. I don't even know what they uh I don't even know what they're called here, but uh basically the keychains i will get some keychains out matter of fact i think i might i might task john with that because i don't know if i have any more keychains but uh what makes you think i have any because the last shipment i had shipped to your house (laughs) (laughs) did you know you can turn keychains into 3d printer filament (laughs) oh don't get me started on 3d printing oh my Uh god what's happened i have a print i want to make that i've started three times now the first time I think it was bed adhesion was the issue. And then I started up a couple days ago and it's a, it's a two day print. It's just an organizer for my 3d printer, just for all the tools and nuts and bolts and everything that, that goes with it. All the additional heads, like the laser and the CNC head that goes in there. <laughs> and I'm like, this is really cool. So I, I go to print it a second time and it's a two day print. I got 10 hours into it and I was terrified about running out of filament because I, I think that's one of the downsides of using Octoprint versus Snapmaker's interface mm-hmm. is it doesn't have the filament runout detection. So I was terrified about that. It should. I, it doesn't. But beside the point, I I woke up yesterday morning or was it this morning? I think it was. And the the print head was about six inches above the the print, still printing but not extruding. I'm mm. like, oh my gosh. No, this was earlier this week. I started it up again. I got 30 hours into it, and that's when it was six inches above. The previous one, it just stopped printing, completely stopped. And I think it's a error between Octoprint and Snapmaker. Somebody said if if Snapmaker's touchscreen changes like to the home screen, it could just completely stop your print. Oh. So, so that was my 10-hour print. Started up again, get 30-some hours into it. And it just stops extruding, but keeps printing. What? Uh, yeah. So rough. frustrated by it. So I found a, I found another one, a, a remix that does it a little bit differently. I'm trying one more time. If this one doesn't work, 
I'm throwing in the towel. I mean, but that's but that's the uh, the end goal is to have multiple successful multi-day prints just without failure. That's that's where you're the 3D printing guy in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah that's, I am. That's rough. I'm currently eight and a half hours into this print. It says there's one day left and. I'm watching it right now, and it looks like it's going well. So fingers crossed. Do you do you weigh your uh, rolls of filament when you get them? No. Who does that? What happens is because your rolls of filament are ordered in like one kilogram or two kilograms. If you right. roll, if you if you weigh the roll, then you know how much the uh, the spool weighs. So then you can calculate how much filament you have left by how much it weighs now minus the spool weight oh interesting that's a very because the the thing with filament is it has to have a very very consistent 0.75 millimeter 1.75 yeah one yeah 1.75 millimeter width throughout the filament so weighing it will give you an absolute length and most uh software that you use will give you a total volume print uh filament print so you can you can calculate that out yeah i just print until it goes i figure i'm gonna try and (laughs) i'm gonna try and catch it if it gets close to running out i'll just be right there to feed in the next roll I've, I've seen people push prints down to the last inch of filament that they had left. It's impressive. I just let it run out. What could hey, go uh, wrong? We haven't, Actually, done, yeah. we haven't done doom and gloom in a while. Do you want to do some doom and gloom? I don't see why not. I don't have a button for I'd... it anymore. I don't even have a thing. What? what you, we, we haven't done doom and gloom in a while, and it's in our intro. I know. Uh Krebs on security wrote an article today saying, uh, can we just stop pretending SMS is secure now? And didn't we, didn't we assume that? Yeah. Who thought it was secure? Well, it has its obvious vulnerabilities and there's this very common thing called uh, SIM swapping to steal SMS access. And that can lead to leaking all of your other stuff because people try to authenticate through texts now. Um, but Mm. Beyond that, there are a number of services that are contracted with these phone companies to take over the SMS functions of a phone directly through the phone company. All you have to do is say, this phone number is my phone, and I promise. And Hmm. uh, the fee for that is $16, and now all SMSs that go to that phone also go to your device, and you can reply in the exact same way and wait what wait 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 what yeah. you're saying i can i can claim your phone number very easily yeah for 16 dollars. yeah well i don't have 16 dollars, but if i did it's all that filament it's expensive yeah uh yeah uh sms is completely broken completely uh unprotected uh, should not be relied on in any way whatsoever for any level of security no matter what it is it's dead as a security protocol um the, the whole concept of like having to go to a store and sweet talk a representative to get you a SIM for someone else's phone is just no longer the way it's done. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Is that's the way I thought it was, is you had to convince somebody it was your phone and get the SIM. That is no longer the way it is. Uh, it's now there's these the the idea of these services is that if I'm the manager of a celebrity, I need to manage their phone in some way. So I'm their I'm their intermediary. My my assistant handles all my text messages, but it's being used very easily for nefarious purposes. Who in the hell ever thought that was a good idea? I had to close an account on some service this week because every three minutes I got a, uh, here's your number to log in, here's your number to log in. Someone just kept trying over and over again, trying to guess the number or something. I ended up logging into the service and deleting my account so that I wouldn't keep getting these emails. But come on, who doesn't have throttling on their on their security checks? What are you doing? <laughs> if, you're, if you don't have throttling on the security part of your system, you're an asshole. And yes, that also, that also applies to uh, the Guild Wars company who does not have throttling on their login system for their massive multiplayer game. So that's some that's some doom and gloom. I mean, SMS, you know, being broken, not great. Uh, but some sort of celebratory death is coming too. Uh, Google is ending AMP. Do you guys know what, what was AMP, AMP again? That uh, was where they were they caching your site or something, making it easy to to load. Yeah, accelerated mobile pages. Uh, so if you followed these rules, then Google would cache your page and host it instead of you making it really, really fast. Mm. Uh, but the big thing was that they gave your page priority in the search. So people could write an AMP page that was 
nowhere nearly as good as yours, but they would get bumped way up the search list because of it. Because naturally, Google wants to know what you're doing on other people's web page, so they just host it themselves. So Google, in their, <clears throat> in their push for uh, their page experience update, which is due in May, has announced that AMP will also be retiring along with this. So that's, that's a good death. That's a death we can celebrate. But did they explain why they were getting rid of it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, best answer ever. Finally, before Eric gets on to Beeple, it's just deleting my tickets now. Discord. The rumor is that Microsoft is going to buy Discord for $10 billion. Mm. What do you think about that? I mean, they have complete sense. Complete sense. Right. Because they keep trying to make new platforms, Mm -hmm. and the new platforms they make keep dying. Well, and, and what's the one that they're trying to make sure that they 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 don't they don't stop paying attention to that they don't stop giving love, but they Skype. find find it difficult to <laughs> that's a good one. find it difficult to kind of make a name is is gaming, right? I mean, every right. time they try to do something in gaming, they they get they get you know one upped by Sony or, or or some other game maker if they're trying to come out with a game. I think Discord would be their way to kind of get their hooks into gamers. Well, integrating Discord into Xbox would be huge, but a win for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So this doesn't surprise me. There were a lot of people like, well, they don't need this now. They have teams. I'm like, no, they're not going for business. They're not going for the Slack community. They're, they're going for the gamers. Now they're going for the, for the awesome podcasters. Well, and infrastructure. I mean, Discord has the solid infrastructure. It has a game storefront, which is making money, and it has user data. They do? What is that? I've never seen that. Really? Wouldn't it be awesome, John, now that you say it, if they integrated, if they did do away with Skype and put all Skype's functionalities in Discord? Because Discord already has... Discord already has it all, right? It already has the video. It all already has the audio. Uh, we I don't use it, but it's there. It has video. I didn't know that. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if they would get rid of You're this muted. broken Skype Tom. garbage. Yeah, Skype is terrible, and and yet we have to use it for some reason. I'm still trying to well, figure that part out. Well, yes, I, I think we're going to experiment with Discord next week and see if we can do a Discord version of the same thing because well, I don't think so. I'm I'm willing to try. I, I I'm I'm 100 down to try, but uh, I haven't I haven't seen a whole, any success with anything but Skype. The way we use it with OBS. So if anybody is wondering why we yeah. use Skype, that's why we use Skype. It yeah. it integrates with OBS. It's a it's a feature request, as far as I know. Is it as has NDI been added to Discord? I don't think if, it has. I don't know. That's why I was confused why you made this announcement. Like, we're going to try it. And <laughs> like, I thought maybe you had some, <laughs> some answers here. And meanwhile, you're just puffing on that stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the bad boy of the PHP ugly podcast. <laughs> he just drops little bombs out there. But yeah, right. I think, I think that would be, that would be, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense that Microsoft does that. And it would be interesting to see it happen. Um, but I did want to bring up, did you have an opportunity, Thomas? I shared this with you in Slack this this week to watch this video from people. Is this on the Corridor Reacts? Mm-hmm. The, the non-fungible tokens. He, so this is the artist that sold that, that crazy, whatever, $60 million. million. Dollar, yeah. yeah. Did you watch this video? Uh, I watched the one where he makes his artwork for the auction i did not see the him explaining Quarter. things so i'm a fan of this person now people is, is i've been, I've been di- a fan of him for a long time he's a cool yeah, guy he, he's a digital artist uh but he understands the technology he uses and he he's a big supporter of nfts uh he cusses and, like uh, a sailor huh he cusses like a sailor. Yeah, he does. He's, yeah, he, he would he would be very welcomed on this show. He's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. He, and he has some trippy art as well. But according to him, uh, the art pieces he he sold, including that record breaker piece that he sold, which was his one a days for the last year or whatever, that netted him you know millions and millions of dollars. I 
still don't understand the purpose of, of NFTs. I was under the impression of, okay, it says that you own something. So if, if, if you were to get an NFT, like on this, this guy's artwork, it was, it was basically say, Hey, I own this artwork. This artwork belongs to me. Therefore, if you wanted to use it in a movie or something like that, I would get a royalty from that because I own the artwork. No. According to people, no. No. Like, you don't even own any of the copyright. It's still all you the can. copyright. Everything, yes, depending on, on, on how the transaction is, is written. But his transactions are, you own nothing. All you own is the NFT. He still He still holds the copyright. He can still use his art however he wants to make money you just own yeah. the copyright to that digital piece but i mean i'm sorry you just own you quote unquote own that digital piece that nft but he still owns the copyright and i'm like what yeah. is the yeah. purpose of that i don't get it it's the same as a as for a baseball card is just because you get a baseball card with a picture of Tony Gwynn hitting a home run doesn't mean you own that picture, but you do own that card. Right, but that's a physical item you own. So this idea with NFTs is trying to turn the blockchain into handling physical items, which are unique in their existence. But you don't own anything. You do. You, you don't own even that, own the concept you, of anything. No, you own that NFT. But the NFT is nothing but an NFT. Yeah. You don't own the artwork. At least I own the baseball card. So if I had a limited edition baseball card where only 10 baseball cards were made and I owned one of them, I own that baseball card. If if the other nine end up going up in flames, my value of my baseball card goes up. Yes, that picture of that baseball card can be used in a movie or whatever, and I wouldn't get a, a, a you know any money from that. But I still have the value of that physical item. I don't understand the value you have holding on to an NFT. Besides, the, besides the potential of reselling that NFT at a higher price, which the, is still nothing, or collecting NFTs. Yeah. So you're you're thinking big money this is because right now NFTs are stupid expensive. Mm -hmm. But theoretically, you know, a company could release uh, a company like Magic the Gathering could release NFTs in the same rarity cases that they currently release physical cards, right. and you could play. And, and, and there and are aspects of this. There are aspects of this I love that Beeple talked about. He he even said, hey, multiple people can own one NFT. I'm like, I love that concept. Like, it, John and I, as, as business partners, if we decided to invest in a piece of art, yeah, we could do some legal bindings and say, okay, we're going to buy this piece of art in you know, legally we each own 50% of it, but if we had, if we had NFTs and then we can each, you know, own half of the NFT, you know, we have our value from that piece of art. But, but in the reality of NFTs is we don't own anything but the NFT. So go ahead with your, with your magic, the gathering example. So a big problem with magic, the gathering is counterfeit cards mm -hmm. with NFTs. That is not a problem. You cannot counterfeit an NFT. Right. But, but again, you don't. You just own nothing, though. I mean, but a, a magic card is just an, an image printed on a piece of cardboard that's really worth just two cents. Why is a magic card worth a hundred thousand dollars? It's because of its rarity and its usefulness. But, in but that's a the game that, that's a that's a rarity of a physical device. This is this is a perceived rarity, uh, a rarity of a. Of, no, it's, of it's a, a nothing. Real, it's a real rarity because it's non fungible. Because it's the not one, a real. It's it only a, real a rarity, rarity because because uh, I don't know. I I, I find I find I, yeah, I well the rare. I, the I'm rare trying magic to come cards. around to the NFTs. I'm trying to come around because I I do enjoy the idea of getting over this hump that Apple says, "Hey, you don't own anything. You don't right. own your iTunes music." This store. is exactly I, I like the this. idea, but that's not what's happening. Not yet, but this is the start of it, and, and the start of it takes investments of tens of millions of dollars. There are people who see – imagine in 20 years if you had uh, Napster's original uh, sign that was out front of their business. Mm -hmm. It's worth more than the plastic and metal. Yeah. Right now, someone – Someone that's a physical, owns physical thing, but imagine no, but someone imagine, owns the the first NFT that broke the news about how non fungible 
tokens will change the future. Right. In the future, everything is being run by NFTs. Let's stick with your Napster example, though. Let's stick with your Napster example. Let's say I own a Napster NFT for the logo, right? Let's say I own that. And then everybody has now decided Napster is worthless. There's no value to Napster. That I don't. I still don't physically own anything. What right, do I you have? Said, I you already said that you said the issue there is that everybody decided that it's worthless. But if you had versus physical, this case, but it, but, this, but if you had case. the physical sign, you still have that physical. You but if have everyone a, if everyone decides it's worthless, then it's worthless. Even well, if you have Napster, the physical version, whether right. or not it's physical doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. No, because I could the be a sign collector. Of, I could be a Napster collector. I could be a musician collector. An there, NFT there could be collector. a lot of aspects of that sign, that physical sign that just, I want as a collector. An NFT is just it's it's a NFT of nothing. It's, you can it's, be it's a people fan. A, you can be an NFT fan. You can be a digital art fan. You're describing all the ways in which NFT absolutely makes sense because it's mm, turning something that isn't that. physical into a near physical item. <clears throat> this 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 NFT that he sold is the only one of its kind. You cannot say I have this NFT and lie about it. But it, but the NFT itself is nothing. Everything is nothing. The the rare magic cards are just <laughs> as valuable as far as material goods and artwork as the common magic cards. It's the fact that the company decided we're going to print fewer of these cards. Now, to them, printing the card costs the same but, amount of but money. But it's still a physical item that they printed. So is NFT. It's a it's a. The thing that makes it physical is that it's non-fungible. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand this. I want to. I, I there's so many concepts of it I like. And when I thought that you, as the owner of the NFT, had claim now to the copyright of the material that you well, had. Okay, and then to take it in a different direction, how do most people who buy million-dollar art enjoy that art in a safe somewhere? Yeah, or in a museum where it's insured. And they never see it. To them, it, it's not a physical item either. To them, it's a I, thing I, that's insured. I don't insured. know if I agree with that. Oh, it's a well I, I, documented. The art trade is entirely an insurance scam. <laughs> it's it's a money. It's all money laundering. But no, for real. Like most people who have art in the range of hundreds of millions of dollars, don't see it. Well, well, again, you're going to extreme. I'm not worried about the extremes. I'm talking about the the guy who has baseball cards or the guy who has magic cards yeah you know, they they're not they they have them they trade them they they it, it's a physical thing that has value to them sure and the nfts can hold the exact same purpose you can say hey i have the nft for nolan ryan number 1 and the guy can say like no you don't let me see and i can pull it up on my computer and say here it is and proof that i own it and it it's just a picture on a screen the same as a picture on a card and i can mm-hmm. trade it to him for money what do you think john you're being quiet I, I, i'm being quiet because i kind of get it but i still don't understand enough about how the nfts are produced to know that like how do you not counterfeit it's really blockchain ma- magic man don't worry about that it's very easy j- j- just accept that as fact just accept it as fact that that, that it can't be counterfeited the, the 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 validation of it i mean anybody can I, counterfeit I, like do a screenshot and say hey this is this is mine but i agree with you in the sense that when i thought i was owning the copyright to that material that makes more sense than just owning an nft that at the end of day means nothing Everything I at can the see, end I can of see, day means nothing. End of day is a metaphor for when you die. I can see <laughs> Thomas's point where if Magic the Gathering created an NFT for all of their cards, and then I could jump into a digital game and say, I own this these cards, and so now I can play with what I own, that makes more you're, sense because you're still I'm thinking doing too narrowly. Right. You're still thinking I'm too narrowly. I'm using the examples you were giving me. I didn't say jump into a digital game. I said jump into a game. I'm talking about 20, 30 years from now. Okay, you've got augmented reality glasses and you're playing person to person and they have your account on their glasses and you have their account on your glasses and the cards you put down are the ones that you hold as an NFT because they have a symbol on them that says draw this card instead of the blank card. I'm talking real deep future stuff. But it's still a digital game. <laughs> it's still, it's, and it's, it's I, still I, a digital I, game, but... but the things will manifest themselves physically just because they haven't yet in this first two weeks that it was a thing doesn't mean that 
that the future isn't a wide open landscape for what these things become. It's a brand new technology that only became popular in the last couple months. And it's going because to somebody revolutionize. Sold a $70 million picture. It's going to revolutionize how we conceive of physical goods. Are you buying an Ansel Adams print or are you buying an Ansel Adams original? Do you have the negative? Do you have the calendar? I mean, these things are all physical in nature, but they're different variations of ownership on the, you know, the concept of ownership. And an NFT just provides a new concept of ownership, which is you get the provenance from the creator. And and credit to the term provenance there from uh, uh, our chat Brian? from Brian. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this video and I'll have more to say next time we talk about this. Hopefully never. The, you won't you won't you won't be disappointed watching the video. The the uh, Beeple, what's the name? Beeper, Beeple, Beeper, Beeple, Beeple, Beeple. <laughs> Beeple is he's a hysterical dude. He's pretty funny. So and he's very he he's very intelligent. Uh, I, w- I would like yeah, to meet he's, him someday. He's so smart that you sort of like go, oh, something's up with this guy. He's like, he's too smart to fit in with most people. Mm. He he absolutely has like his own sense of humor that if you're not on board with it, he doesn't care. Well, he and he's definitely forged his own path too. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this and I don't care if nobody likes it. Everybody will like it eventually because it's awesome. But if they don't, screw them. They're all idiots. Yeah. But he's not cocky. I don't want to make it sound like he's cocky. He's no, but I don't he's, know he's he is, the opposite he's of imposter syndrome, where he'll like yeah, he'll look at something, he'll look at something and go, "Oh, that's garbage." And trust me, I know I make garbage. <laughs> it's it's he's he is amazing. Yeah. So is that is that channel that you posted that corridor crew all people, or is that just Mm-mm. no? They're no, they, the- they were friends with him from uh, like six seven months ago when they did a uh, two hour rendering challenge with him uh he's been famous on instagram for a while and they just called him in because he was like local to them and did a challenge with him and then like all of a sudden the guy's a multi-millionaire and mm-hmm. they're like hey do you want to come in and explain this because we've got you know a couple million viewers so well i see so- he's also on business insider as people explains the absurdity of nfts <laughs> because it is but it's also the absurdity of the how financial come when system. i say that you you call because me an idiot. It's the absurdity of the concept of value. Because value, when you start getting into cryptocurrency and people tell you cryptocurrency has no value, but fiat money does, and you start looking into how fiat money has value, the whole thing is absurd. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing that is I agree absurd. with. And the whole economy of fiat money is completely absurd. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, the, it's the fact that we all agree that there's some something of value there. Yes. And, and that's why NFTs are important because they establish a new form of value. Hmm. I don't know. I guess time will tell. I might be wrong on this. I don't want to be yeah. wrong. I honestly don't want to be wrong, but I, I, I don't see it yet. I, I'm not it's, I'm not there. It's too expensive of a game to get into right now. That's the problem. For sure. Yeah, no question. <laughs> All right. We need to wrap this up. We are running so long. We're not running that long. Feel, feel We're running up. as long yeah. as we always run. Which is too long. Listen to me. <laughs> Nobody right. wants to listen to us for an hour and a half. That's it. We're 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 done. Episode two hundred twenty nine's in the books. I'm Eric. Thank you, patrons. I'm John. I'm Tom. Thank you, sponsors. Keep it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I 
I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying, it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.